Thank you, worship team, and leading us and ushering us into the throne of God this morning. Good morning, church. How are you all doing this morning? What a great day it is to be in the house of the Lord. If it is a great day for you, say amen. Amen. It sure is. Amen and amen. What an exciting journey that we've been this past weeks through the the through Psalm 23rd. I don't know about you, but I know our family's been enjoying going through the scriptures and just memorizing them in the car. And, and so I hope that you have been challenged as well and not just memorizing it, but also getting deeper into what this passage of scripture is all about. The 23rd Psalm. Well, right now this morning, before we get started and get into our verse this morning, let's all read together all six verses. We are down to one more to go. But let's see how well you do it, and I want to encourage you, it's not, it's never too late to get started. So here we go, and I am not going to say it with you because I am going to overshadow all of you with this microphone on. So I'm just going to say one, two, three, and all of us read it together, and I know, and read it with passion. If the Lord is your shepherd, say it like you mean it, all right? Can we do it, church? Let's do it. Here we go. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. towards the end there. Surely goodness, la, 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 la. what happened there? All right, by next time, we're going to get that right. Amazing words, amazing words through David. You see, church, our goal in the study of Psalm 23 has been to explore and embrace the shepherd metaphor that David uses so powerfully in this psalm. And we also talked about this past week the reality that if we embrace the fact that our God is a divine shepherd, a divine shepherd, and it means that we are also embracing our own sheepness. We are sheep, whether you like it or not. You and I are sheep. You see, we are not soaring like eagles or lone wolves or even church. I know how you might want to be like teddy bears. We are not that. We are sheep who desperately need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. And David wrote Psalm 23 in order to proclaim how well God took care of him. How he was the shepherd For him as being a sheep. And this morning, David, we continue with David as he writes verse 5. And it says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Something odd happens here when we get to the verses 5 and 6. 
Up to this point, David has just been using the image of a shepherd with his, with his sheep to describe his relationship with the Lord. But suddenly, in verse 5, the picture changes a bit. We no longer have the image of a shepherd, but rather a divine host. A divine host. And yet the change takes place so smoothly. The change takes place so smoothly that you, can't, you hardly recognize it happening. In fact, as many times as you have read Psalm 23, you may have never noticed the change. But how does David make that change so smoothly in this passage? You see, David begins to switch in verse 4. And if you were here last week, and if you're uh, not able to listen uh, to have been here, listen to our podcast. You have noticed there that he switched it. And also with noticing verses 1 to 3, David is speaking in a third person. A third person. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. David is talking to us about his relationship with the Lord. To us. But starting with verse 4, David is speaking in the second person. Instead of talking to us about his relationship with the Lord, he is actually talking to God about his relationship with him. And he's saying, and directly he's saying to God, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you, and some says, for thou, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. And so church, verse 4 in Psalm 23rd, here David raises the psalm to a whole new level of his intimacy with his relationship with the divine shepherd. And so when we read verse 5 then, you have to wonder about the sheep here. Think about it. After all, the sheep don't sit around a table. The sheep doesn't, doesn't sit and, and, and dine on what the shepherd prepares on the table. How about this? Certainly the sheep don't eat, don't drink from a cup. Right? Imagine what that's like. But certainly the sheep, here we see it to be like, really, it doesn't make sense. But a book that says the shepherd looks at Psalm 23 by Philip Keller, he says that it suggests that David is still actually continuing the shepherd and sheep metaphor here. You see, it can be explained this way. He explains that, remember last week we talked about the sheep being in the valley. And somehow they are not going to stay in the valley. The shepherd is going to take them out of the valley, out to the, the highest top of the mountain. And there at the highest top of the mountain, the, the shepherd prepares. They call it a table lance. And those high plateaus are known as mesas. And if you know your Spanish, what does mesas mean? Table. Isn't that interesting? It's still there, but we all should know that David. We all know that David has been a sh- had been a shepherd, but also not that all. He also 
was a king. And imagine what a king does. A king is expected to be a gracious host. So as David writes these words that we're studying, he's thinking of his God. He's thinking of his God both as a shepherd and as a king who would host many, many guests. So today's verse, as you look at that verse that that I've shared about, it is really about abundance. Think of all what God has prepared for us in that table. It talks about the abundance of walking with the shepherd and being taken care of by the divine host. And so let's look at this verse. The first thing that this verse tells us, church, is that that God has prepared a table before us. He has prepared a table before us. It means that God will always provide. And King David wrote this psalm with quite a history. We know what David is like. We know what his life is like. And many many of us can probably relate to what he's been. See, David was a shepherd. He was given a responsibility to take care of the, the family sheep. And the Lord gave him such an ability to even kill a lion. And a bear, or whatever animal was there. And also, not only that, he did his big killing. And who was that? Goliath. Goliath. And David was anointed by Prophet Samuel to be the king over Israel. But sometime in David's life, church, he got lazy and tired and didn't want to fight out, fight with his men on the field. And what did he do? In that time, he got busy in doing things he should have not been. Right? Right? David slept with one of his commander's wives. She became pregnant and had her husband murdered. The Lord took David's child, born from David and Bathsheba. But guess what? God gave them another son, Solomon. And so you're asking, David, what does this have to do with us? Well, church, it shows us that we can mess up. We can mess up. But listen, when we mess up, but still to remember is this, that we have a God who's, who we have his favor and his mercy when we repent of our sins. When we spend time more and more with God, then we see that in the midst of the junk of this world, God is there and is offering us and providing a table. For us, God has a beautiful spread of table for you and for me. I don't know about you, when you, you hear someone say to you, wait, don't lose your appetite. They're setting up the table for dinner. Said, hey, dinner is coming up. Don't lose your appetite. Don't spoil it. What do you normally do? For me, I get hungry. When someone mentions food and there it's, it's a, sounds like it's going to be a good food, I'm going to go and try like, man, I can't wait. i got to get a little bite here and a snack here and there. But guess what? God has, our shepherd, our king, our host has invited us, church, and given us an, as an honored guest. And sometimes what do we do with all the blessings he gives us? We spoil it. We spoil it by going and reaching for things that is not his will. We spoil it, we take our appetite on something else that is not of God. You see, God wants to bless 
you and me abundantly as we sit on this beautiful table that he has prepared for us. And you see, church, God has given us and has served us on this table forgiveness. And I think about this cross, when I think about the cross, he serves it right in front of you and says, I give you forgiveness. For you see, he died on the cross for each and every one of us. And what a blessing is that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gives us mercy. He gives us grace. And a lot of times we are so afraid to sit on that chair and take what he's going to give us because we don't want to take it and partake on it. But God says, do not fear. Do not fear. He just wants us to admit our sins confess our sins, and ask God to help us on our daily walk with him. And that's what God offers us. And he wants for us to feast. He wants us to feast in this table that he has prepared for us. A table not only alone for us, but also he says, David says, in front of our enemies. Yes, enemies. And David says, in the presence of my enemies. You see, God many times prepare a table for us to feast in the presence of our enemies. Enemies, who are our enemies? Is it the person sitting next to you? You see, it's not. It's not about flesh and blood. It is about, and it says on the next scripture, is, it is really the devil. We need to understand that first and foremost. Our enemy is the devil. He is our enemy, and with him being our enemy, because see, he's there ready to devour us, looking for opportunities for us to make a mistake. Our enemy is the devil, and the enemy uses people. And circumstances in our lives as a tool to harass us. You see, as you are feasting on this table that God has prepared for us, and we are surrounded by our enemies that can be described as financial difficulties, an enemy of anger, an enemy of depression, an enemy of, of whatever you're going through, broken relationship, that's what... The enemy has and is sitting with us along with Jesus. Church, and all of these things and all the enemies that we come across with, sometimes I think about, lastly, in the time of crisis, I can't think of eating. How can you eat when there's so many things around you that is bothering you? For you see, our struggles is real. Our struggles is real and just can't eat. But you see, let me ask you this. Do you feel burdened down, living one day at a time, even fearful, never truly enjoying your walk with the Lord? Do you ever say to yourself, Lord, I know I'm saved and I have changed. Why Why don't I enjoy your feast that you've given me? But God is saying to us this morning, church, he is saying to us that I, I want to give you all the things in your life, but just know that there are things around you, and I want you to enjoy this. God is saying, Roger, sit here. I know there's enemies around you, but I want you to know that I am here with you. Just sit down and enjoy the blessings I have given you. Jake 
Will you enjoy, in spite of what's going on around you, enjoy this table that I have prepared for you, just for you? Church, he is reminding us that we will be sitting with our enemies all the time. But God is saying, I am with you. And he is giving us a promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Because we have a God who will take care of us. He spreads it with grace and compassion, love and mercy. And that he is in control, church. No matter what you're going through, how tough the situation is, that he is in control. And we just need to trust him and rely in his great power and his great strength. And claim the the verse, it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. A table prepared just for you that honors you before your enemies. And we are not to be afraid of. And, and here he also gives us the guest in this home. He fills it with joy and with gladness. And it symbolizes church with the oil in verse 5. I have here an oil. An oil that is certainly, I'm so proud of, it came from Italy. It came from Italy. An oil that is very important in the Eastern world. And I know for many of you, you love especially olive oil. For the shepherd during the summer months, many different flies and other bugs would terrorize a flock of sheep. Picture that. And they would get into the sheep's nose and ears and eyes and where they could find and get moisture. And I could actually tell you all of what goes on in that, in that spot where the bugs go in. It will just gross you out. Okay, I don't, I want, I don't want to do that. But you see, the nose fly can, can be so annoying that they can harass the sheep literally to death. And the sheep would be so bothered by the flies that they would not eat. And that they would not rest properly. And to relieve this irritation that the sheep will, will have to beat, find a rock or find a tree and beat their heads off. Because it's that bad. And so the shepherd who takes care of his sheep will have to gather an oil, an olive oil with some sulfur and some other, some other mixture that would and spices that would be together so that the shepherd could put it over and smother the head of the sheep. And that takes away, that cures all the the bugs that's in there. And then the sheep feels much better. Have you ever been in a picnic where there is flies and and mosquitoes and, and bees? To where you spent your whole time swatting it off and you haven't really enjoyed enjoyed the picnic? Uh We've been there, especially here in Hawaii. You see, the bugs may have even ruined your picnic. And certainly, life is full of pesky things beyond our control, isn't it? That can really bug us. Uh, We need to be anointed, like the sheep. We need to be anointed of oil from all the irritations of life. And you know what are those irritations. And with the oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And that's what this verse is. The oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Anointing someone with oil is a way to show blessing and honor. In the Eastern world, when someone goes into someone's home and a guest is there, and so the host would actually get an oil and they would start to, to, to like 
pour oil and rub it on their head. Can you imagine I'm going to your home and you start doing that to me, rubbing oil on my head or any of your guests? But that's what they would do. And that process was to say to them, may the Holy Spirit bring you comfort and protection from the things that might harm you or cause irritation in your life. Anointing of the Spirit. When David was writing this, he was reflecting on how God wonderfully protected him and cared for him. And he was thinking about when he was a shepherd tending to his sheep. And he was thinking about how he was comparing it to how the Holy Spirit was with him, giving him peace and joy in his life. In the same way, church, that oil protected the sheep from the, these pesky flies, the Holy Spirit protects us, protects our mind, protects our minds from all that harms us, the ungodly things that we think of on a daily basis. How many of us think of negative things about our neighbors, our co-workers, or anyone that you can think of? Don't we do that? We need to protect ourselves from those kind of things. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps us. And so let me ask you, what are some of those unholy things that could damage your thoughts, your actions? What can you do to keep your thoughts and actions and your, the way you live your life pure? And Ephesians tells us, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to clean our thoughts. And church, I don't know what you're going through in your life today. Just, just know this, that we are anointed by the Spirit of God if you have a special relationship with God. And it's this anointing that reminds us of who we are in Him. And it is the anointing that tells us that we are in His presence among the presence of our enemies. The Spirit is there to protect us, strengthen us, convict us, refresh us, and keep us consecrated for God. A table, the oil, and lastly, this morning, and thank you for being patient, is this. David says, my cup runneth over. David says, my cup overflows. And David says, I am full of God's blessing." Can you say that this morning? Full right up to the top. David reminds us that we do not have to wait until we get to heaven, church, to experience God's banquet. Because you see, his overflowing grace is something that we can experience here in this life. In this life. We can. And that his overwhelming grace overshadowing everything that we go through. And Jesus says, I have come that you may have life. A life what? That you may have it more abundantly. A cup running over with grace. A life that he gives us is super abundance. Super abundance till it overflows. You see, Jesus gives us himself. He is the abundant life. It is God's kind of life. Our cup should be overflowing. It means that it's running over, filled to the brim. And picture a cup that continually replenishes itself. You drop and it's there. It's like this magic cup that keeps on like, how is that going? I think of like, it could be described as a unlimited refills. 
How many of you like to go to a restaurant and you just order the unlimited refills? And if they say it's going to cost you 50 cents, I'm like, oh, church, this is not going to cost us because God says, I'm going to refill it no matter what. Whether you like it or not, God's blessing will keep overflowing. Even Apostle Paul says, my cup runs over because he is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, church. That is a believer who has received the fullness of God, grace upon grace, mercy upon mercy, forgiveness upon forgiveness. It is the superabundance of life that God gives to us and that we receive very generously. And so, church, God is always there no matter what we're, what we're going through. This cup will never run dry. Never run dry. And it says in Philippians 4.19, church, that God will be there to help us. He's not stingy because this is what he says. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his richest glory in Christ Jesus. So, church... The table that God has placed for you is for you. It's just for you. The table for Bram is not the same as my table because God knows each and every one of us. We are uniquely created for his purpose. And that table has the best food and refreshment, a cup refreshingly enough that will not run dry. And he's always there in the middle of our situations. Fear, worry, doubt, uncertainties would usually leave us spiritually dry, starving. And David knew what that was like. He was on the run from his enemies in the valleys, with, in the cave hiding, with no clear end in sight. But right there, when we would expect David to feel abandoned, but he tells us here that he was enjoying the banquet gods of God's blessing for his life. Encouragement, comfort, hope, perspective, courage, joy, faith. David was well-fed, and God will do the same for you and me. So church, wouldn't you like to go, wouldn't you like to go through life in the hard times with that perspective? That no matter what you're going through, you know that there is so much blessing that God is going to give you. In the midst of very difficult circumstances, God wants you to eat what he's given you and not ignore it. Only God can do this for us. And what a beautiful shepherd he is, what an amazing host he is, and how amazing a God of the universe, a God of the universe would choose to take the role of a divine host and make us as his guest. And as I draw close this morning, church, I just have a challenge for each and every one of us this morning. A challenge is this, that you yield to the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Begin your day asking the Holy Spirit to fill your minds. Asking the Holy Spirit to, to help you when you go to work then tomorrow and feels like, I don't want to talk to that one person. Or I, I'm going to go. There's no school this week for the spring break. I don't know about parents. You may need the Holy Spirit this week. 
to be patient. Whatever it is, church, that you know that you're going to need the Holy Spirit this week, let Him anoint you, refresh you, as what it says on verse 5. Challenge you with that. And the next, the last challenge is this. The second really is make a cup runneth over list. A cup runneth over list. Sit down and think. Use your, your iPhone, iPad, whatever you have to make a list. And, and write down all the things that, that you're thankful for. About what God has blessed you with such abundance. And I know there are many of you here. Many and most of us I know that we are blessed. Are, are you blessed? But the biggest mistake, church, that we can make is to measure abundance merely in terms of money. We get into that. The things it can buy, but there are so many things in life that doesn't have to be that. God will keep giving. And we just need to realize and be thankful for what the richness that he wants to bless us. We can never be poor with God because he is a rich God with a blessing that he bestows on us. And church, this means that between now and next Sunday, you will remind yourselves more than 100 times that God is there with you. I hope you will do that. And He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you because He has prepared a table just for you. And I want to leave with this in 2 Corinthians 9.8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, At all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work that God has called each and every one of us. And so the worship team is going to come up and sing and close us out. And as they sing this song, Holy Spirit, how fitting, isn't it? How we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Think about the challenge. Think about how thankful you are for the blessings that he has provided for you in your table. Are you feasting in that table or you're ignoring it because you're too scared, don't want to get into it because it's gonna, I'm going to have to work hard? How about the enemies that you're dealing with in that table? So church, as they sing, the place of prayer is available. But certainly I want you to stand up and express your thanks to God this morning by standing where you are or wherever you need to do because God is an awesome God. Respond as the Spirit leads. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. And Father, what a words that you've encouraged us today, that we have discovered, Lord, that you have prepared a table before us. And you want us to feast, Lord, and enjoy your blessings. In spite of the enemies that's ahead of us, in front of us, behind us. And Lord, you equip us by anointing us with your Holy Spirit. And certainly, Lord, you don't want to leave us a cup that is empty. You want to fill us with your overflowing mercy and grace. The qualities of who you are, Lord. So let us go forth today with every need that is being placed on the altar this morning, and everyone who stood giving thanks for all your bountiful and for being our Jehovah Jireh, who is our provider. Father God, we thank you and praise you and just ask you to be with us this week, to be 
men and women who wants to follow you and live for you. So anoint us and fill us with your grace and love of ever flowing, overflowing in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone says, his people says, amen and amen. Amen.